0: Hello, everybody. This is Patrick Monaghan of Foreign Football Forecast. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Brant Bronico, professional footballer. Brant, looks like you're chilling over there. Looks nice, sunny. Don't know.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Um, just hanging out down in Louisiana right now. Obviously, wish I was still in the, uh, wish I was still in the MLS playoffs, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's just how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, happy, happy to be here, and thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you, Brant. So... Basically, we're going to cover two things today. We're going to talk a little bit about MLS playoffs and we're going to discuss fans coming back to the Premier League. You know, I already mentioned kind of the MLS playoffs. I think we can sort of get right into that. How does it feel from your perspective when you've been playing and you see, you know, not making it? How do you guys prepare for that? And do you kind of already get into a next season's mentality when you were doing that? Or was it like taking some time off to kind of rest and recuperate?
1: Um, I think it's just kind of like a, a balance of both, you know. When we we it came down to like the last game for us, and unfortunately, you know, we couldn't get the job done. Um, but you know, once that season's important to kind of just take take a week or two, you know, to yourself or just just away from the game. You know, your body's been through a lot uh, through the whole season, and your body needs to recover. You know, your mind needs to recover. So kind of just giving giving your body and mind that that crucial rest that it needs is extremely important. Um, But then after those, after those two weeks, you know, it's, it's go time. It's back, it's getting back into it, getting back to it, getting your body prepared for, for the next preseason. And you know, that it's like, you know, 10, 11 months. So it's important to, to prepare yourself for that.
0: Does it also affect it when you're having like maybe a shorter, you know, kind of off season as well? Because I, I think one thing with the MLS that always made it odd to me was, it's at such a different period than other, than other competitions. So it does kind of give you a little more rest, it seems like, but it's also kind of like, like you said, you, you can't, I just feel like you can't go right back into like that mentality again. You've been going in for months. You've been playing what 30, you know, 35 games or something along those lines. I just don't see how it'd be possible to go and have that same mentality. Really like the whole year. I just don't think that'd be possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, this year's a little different, but usually it's 34 regular season games, and then you have U.S. Open Cup, and if the team qualifies for the Concacaf Champions League, you have those games, um, and then you have preseason like friendly games, and then if you make playoffs, you have those games. So it could be it could be up to as much as like 45, 50 games in in a calendar year, and um, it, it like I said, it definitely takes a toll on your body, um, and kind of going back to uh, You know the rest. The rest period, like you definitely, it's definitely important to take those one to two weeks off, um, just because you know your body, you have a whole nother season, and you don't want your body to get injured. Like you don't want to get injured. So you know you want to make sure you're doing the right things, you're eating the right things, uh, and you're putting the right things in your body uh, during during that rest period, and then uh, just getting back into it and repairing your body for the next ten to ten to twelve months.
0: Okay. And when, you, like, I've noticed, too, you know, you're talking about how you guys just barely miss out. How do you guys handle that playoff push? Do you, are you guys already preparing for that? Or what happens, say, if you've gone on, say, a really strong run and you suddenly find yourself towards the end of the season in the playoff picture and maybe you've started the season kind of poor, how do you guys prepare for that when you're looking at having a really strong push towards the end of the season?
1: Yeah, I think it's just – the main thing is just kind of taking it game by game and not looking too far into the future um, and not – like I said, just focus on game by game and not focusing on uh, too far ahead because if you get caught up too far ahead, you know, you're going you're gonna to miss, you know, the games in front of you. Um, and it, it does have a lot to do with momentum as well. Like you're going to – if you win one game, you win two games, and then you're next thing you know you win five, six games in a row. Um, and that, I think that's very important and that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of what we lacked is that we couldn't string, you know, three, four, five wins together. Um, cause you know, I mean, 10, 10 to 15 points makes a huge difference. Um, especially with this year, make it, uh, so many teams making playoffs. Um, so yeah, just kind of taking a game by game and, and gaining that momentum towards, towards the playoff
0: push. Does it make it harder to knowing that You know, you guys made the playoffs, what, in 2017, right? You know, from 2017 to now, they've added, what, like five new – four or five new clubs to the MLS, correct, or something along that line. Does that make an impact, too, where you're having significantly more competition? I know it's newer clubs, you know, it's, oh, it's into Miami or it's, you know, Cincinnati or whatever. But does that have an impact, too, because, you know, you're facing maybe a little bit tougher competition – Especially with someone like into Miami, they acquired, you know, Iguain. They acquired Pizarro. They, you know, teams like that that have kind of you know splashed a lot of cash trying to instantly compete.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think obviously you want to be the best team, so you're not necessarily one like you can't really control the other competition, you know. So I think I think the more competition, the better, because you want to show that you're the best team, and the more teams that you can beat. Uh, the more chance you have to show that that you can be the best team so I don't think it it affects it too much I mean I think uh, um, I think it's very good for the growth of the league um, and kind of gaining uh, that that following from from U.S. fans um, and fans uh, throughout the world I mean even players like throughout the world that want to come over and play in MLS uh, I think uh, I think it's very important for the growth of the league and and I, I, I welcome like new, more, more new teams coming into the league. I think it's, I think it's important uh, for the MLS in general.
0: It'll be interesting too. We've got you know Chicago coming in, got Seattle, Minnesota, and then you got Columbus, New England, and I mean Minnesota only came in I think six or seven years ago. Seattle's been a mainstay. Then you got Columbus, New England, and like you said, you've got new clubs coming in. Got Charlotte coming in. I believe next season as well. I mean, I agree with you. I think the more competition you're bringing in, I think that's actually helping not only the level of play. You know, I know we could talk on, you know, promotion relegation. That's something that would probably take like 10 hours. So <laughs> not even going to touch that. But when you look at the level of clubs that we've got coming in, and I think the MLS has transitioned into a league of developing really good young players. Obviously, we've seen... You know, a ton of Americans playing in Champions League. That's great. But we've also given an option to a lot of Americans able to just stay in the U.S. and really excel, and not even just Americans. I mean, I was talking with some friends of mine that are Venezuelan, and you've seen Martinez over with, you know, Atlanta United. You've seen guys coming in. That, you know, they've had an incredible amount of talent coming in, and I think that's been the benefit is the MLS has kind of shifted its focus towards more of a development and retaining players. And from a competition side, you know, we've got already kind of some ingrained rivalries. And that's one of the other things that I've noticed that's been good. You see new derbies popping up, but you see old derbies that have been around, too. So I think that helps the intensity. It's like, for example, with you, say you guys were playing, came down to you and Columbus crew or something along those lines. I think that does add to the, to the motivation as well. And I think that does help players perform a little better.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, you have Austin FC coming in next year. Uh, then you have Charlotte coming in in 22. And, and then in 23, you got Sacramento and St. Louis coming in. And, yeah, it definitely adds to, uh, to the rivalries and the derbies that, that, that come with all those teams coming into the league. And, and like you said, it gives a lot of younger players an opportunity to stay here and grow and, and, grow and develop in these MLS academies um, as opposed to having to go over to, say, Germany. Uh, at a young age to develop now they can they can stay uh, locally stay with their stay with their families um, and develop through through these clubs um, that, that give them an opportunity.
0: I think so and then you know you also got experience coming over too I'm sure you, I know you had um, played with Bostia and you had played with some others does that level of experience not only say from MLS but also experience from Europe does that help you guys as well with you know, preparing for a longer season, or maybe you're getting a little bit, you know, down on yourself or discouraged. Does that help to have players that have played at a high level and have been able to impart some wisdom?
1: Locally, I mean, like I said, um, like Dax McCarty helped me a lot. Schweinsteiger helped me a lot. Just these older, these older players that have that have played at a high level, um, and that come over or that are already here, um, help help a lot of these younger guys like like me or like I was and, and guys coming up to the academies. Um, It definitely helps them prepare and they can kind of, they can kind of teach them um, the stuff that they wish they had learned or the stuff they had learned uh, when they were, when they were younger players.
0: I think that's helpful too, because you're getting, you're not, it's like, okay, maybe you're feeling a little down, but to be able to have somebody that's been at the highest level, you do get that help and, I think especially with the way the MLS has shifted, like we've talked about, it's been a really good balance, but I don't know. And I'm I'm really not quite sure what's going to happen in the playoffs. I was watching the other day. I was actually with a friend of mine from Dallas and he was really, t- he was hyping up FC Dallas. He was like, oh, they're going to win. And I'm like, all right, bro, let me see it. Come over there. It was pretty good, but I don't know. I've The Sounders are, they're a tough team. I know you would, done some work with them and you were playing a couple years ago that the sounders to me they're one of the toughest teams to play i think it's going to be seattle and i think it's going to be i think it's going to be seattle columbus but that's just me
1: yeah i mean it's in the mls any team can beat any other team on any given day Mm -hmm. you know it's uh it's a little different dynamic than uh, say that like the premier league where you have those top or i guess maybe had but those top like four or five teams that are like almost guaranteed to win or finish at the top of the table, like every season. Uh, and the MLS, you know, it's different. Like any team can be very good on any given day. Um, so I like, um, I like, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the Sounders, Sounders are a great team. Um, you know, they're even talking about them being an MLS dynasty, uh, just with them winning the MLS cup the past, I think it was like three of three of the last four years. Um, so, obviously, they're going to be an extremely tough team to beat. They're a great playoff team. Um, and then, yeah, I think Columbus Columbus is a, is a good call. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out the Revolution. I mean, they've shown a lot um, even <laughs> coming in as, like, the eighth seed. They've shown a lot going through these past couple of games, um, playing away at Orlando. They had a great performance. And they have some great players on that team as well. And I feel like they have a really good team uh, camaraderie. Um, and, then, and like I said, they have that momentum, you know, they, they strung together a bunch of games and um, that momentum can, it might be able to push them past Columbus. So, I mean, you never know in the MLS playoffs, Columbus is obviously a great team as well. Um, so I think that one might be a little closer, uh, but I wouldn't count out the revolution.
0: I I don't think you can because you know what you talked about everything with motive was with, with just kind of like you get sort of this determination and then you get this, this momentum. And the thing is the MLS that's one thing I've always noticed is it's, it's like you said, anyone can beat anyone. You don't feel like, Oh, I'm coming in and I'm say, new England. Okay. have no chance. Yeah. I, that's the benefit of it is that it's a more balanced play. Seattle's really strong, but like, again, I, I wouldn't say like, Oh, Minnesota doesn't have a chance or anything. Cause yeah. it's
1: no, I agree. Yeah, for sure.
0: That's the benefit of it is it's not like, say, say like champions league, for example, when you're looking at it and it's like, okay, Obviously, I've been watching Madrid. We've been awful. But it's like, at least you can see, okay, playing Choctaw, I've got two legs. Thing is with the MLS, too, you go and you get the semifinals and then you get to the finals. That's kind of why I like the playoff I kind of notion of it is it sort of evens the playing field. With I've noticed with all sports, when you have a playoff, it does balance things out because you could come in and say you were playing against we'll say the crew, say you were playing against them and they had, a, you know, were really tough. They had maybe, say, one of the best defenses in the league. I feel like because it's coming in and you have momentum and say you're coming in and it's the playoffs, the playoffs is something totally different. It's not to yeah. say that, you know, you 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 go and have the regular season just to get to that point. The playoffs, it's like, I feel like it's, to, it's something totally different.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: And you don't get that with – you know, we're talking about the Premier League. I don't know, but I think we're talking about, you know, fans, you know, being able to come back with that. I think it's going to have an impact more on the bottom side of the table than it is on the top. I, that's just me personally, because if you're looking at it, it's mainly the clubs from London. I think that's going to go and be able to push maybe some of the bottom sides like Palace or Fulham. I think that might give them, during this period at least, the extra push to maybe be able to get themselves a little bit of a cushion. But if I'm, say, Sheffield or Burnley and I can't have fans and I've been playing just really, really poorly, I don't know. And that's something I wonder from you guys' perspective is, does that, does having fans, you think, is that going to go and be a huge impact or do you think it's going to be maybe a huge impact at, for a little bit of time but then maybe start to even out?
1: no i think supporters they definitely make the world of a difference being in the stadium um especially when it comes down to home field advantage when when you're playing like when for me like when we're playing away it's so much tougher when the fans are there as opposed to when the fans are not there for the opposing team um just because you know it's like it's so noisy it's so loud um you know the fans—they're—they're they're always chirping away at you whenever you're like near the <laughs> sideline or getting the ball or something. And also, like having those, having all those people behind you and having that energy behind you, it can, it can, it can push you in like—I don't want to say like some like spiritual or like magical way. You know, it's it can that, though. Yeah, it's just that energy that's that's in there. And I think supporters coming back. I think you're right. I mean, I think the supporters coming back in the Premier League as some of those sides that. It's like don't have as much money or haven't spent as much money as some of those uh, teams on the top, top uh, part of the table. Um, I think it, it will definitely, it will definitely be able to push them and, and kind of give them that, you know, give them that energy that they need um, to maybe, you know, get, get a couple of results that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten if the fans weren't there, you know?
0: It's it's the intangible side. Like what you talk about, They it's able to push you forward, I think in a way that, you, you just kind of can't explain it, but it it's inexplicable. But it, I do think it has that impact. Because like you said, if you're coming in and you've been playing, you're like kind of down on yourself. You haven't been playing that well. The side's been kind of, you know, deanimated or whatever. But then to be able to come in and you've got, you know, 2,000 fans, every single – and every one of those fans that's going to be coming in too, those fans are going to be hardcore. That's going to be 2,000 fans, but that's going to feel like a lot more, I think, Especially if you're going in and you've got, say I've got 2,000 fans with uh, Fulham and then another side, say, like Wolverhampton, that's not going to have fans. I think that's going to be something that might be able to push, kind of push the needle and give Fulham that, or a side like Fulham, that ability to get, you know, one point or even three points when they wouldn't normally have been able to do it. And it does, you know, you talked about momentum earlier too, I think that's going to be really helpful with momentum, because if you're coming in and you've got people, everybody's singing, everybody's shouting, everybody's in one kind of connection and trying to push everything towards their side, I think it's going to have an impact. I don't think as much at top table, because I, I think if I'm, say, Leicester City or you know, somebody like that, I think that those sides are already in kind of a championship push mentality but I think it'll be a little more on the on the lower side of the table. But that's just my perspective.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And and the other thing is, is having fans there after not having them there for so long
0: mm-hmm.
1: is another. I mean, I feel like that's another intangible to look at. You know, it's just I just feel like it's going to make a world of a difference. Um, being able to play in front of uh supporters that care so much about the club and and the players at the club.
0: It's going to be a really big impact, especially, uh, you know, say you're going in, it's Champions League, for example, too. What if you got Champions League and Europa League coming in as well? It's going to be interesting. Personally, I don't I don't know if it's going to have much of an impact on the championship, but I don't know, because one thing I've been noticing in the last couple matches is a certain side, like, like kind of like Leicester, almost compare them to a side like how you guys were where, when you have a lot of momentum at first, but then sometimes you have one or two like rough stretches, and then you're trying to go and regain that momentum again. I've noticed they're the type of side that's been like that, where, or even like they haven't had that consistency of, say, Chelsea. I know you're, you know, a Chelsea supporter. My brother's a big Chelsea supporter. <laughs> We're watching and sides like that. I think that's what's going to make the world a difference is who's going to have the consistency at the end of the day? I think the fans are going to be able to to make a big impact on that
1: yeah yeah no i couldn't agree more i definitely i definitely think so as well
0: any predictions for who's going to win the league
1: yeah i think chelsea's gonna win the league i mean like all the money they spent this off season or uh yeah off season i just feel like i mean once they once they catch form and these guys keep playing together um and they start learning each other's movements like throughout the season even more I just feel like they're going to be unstoppable. And, I mean, I guess if you look at a team like Tottenham right now as well, who's, I mean, what, unbeaten in the last nine games? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's another that's another side to look out for. Uh, but I think, uh, I think it might come down to those two. And maybe, I don't even, Liverpool, I don't know. I mean, they won it last season. They dealt with a lot of injuries. They, I mean, Van Dyke is, he's hurt. I mean, he's done for most of this, at least most of the season. And that's one. That's their main. That's their main guy in the back. It's just gonna be tough for them. I think. I think Chelsea and Liverpool. It's gonna come down to those two.
0: I, I mean Chelsea be, and
1: Chelsea and Tottenham. I'm sorry, Chelsea and Tottenham.
0: I want to be able to switch and say that, but I'm gonna get too clowned if I if I go against it. I kind of have to say Liverpool. I really don't want to, and I don't. At this point, I don't even think so. But I'm gonna just go with it for consistency. I think if anything though you'd see Chelsea's going to be more of a rival than Tottenham cuz with Tottenham one thing I noticed is I wonder and I wonder how much that weighs on them when you're like you have fans and like criticism all the time of people saying you've been cursed you know you can't finish you can't close it out like I wonder how they respond to something like that when you're constantly being told towards the end of the season you're playing really really well you're thinking okay cool we're going to be able to do something you know and you always kind of can't finish. I wonder if that's going to be something that weighs on them towards the end of the campaign. Because Chelsea's been, you know, winning championships and Chelsea's been playing really well. They're used to this. They know how to handle the pressure. And I think Chelsea's embraced being not, you know, not going to say disrespected, but kind of dealing with the criticism. I think Chelsea's always dealt with that much better than, say, Man City, for example. You know, both sides have been accused of, okay, they basically bought their team. But with uh, with Chelsea, I think the difference is Chelsea switched towards okay, yeah, we do buy players, but they've also produced a hell of a lot of talent. Like I was, yeah. you know, you watching Tammy Abraham or someone,
1: Maybe they've enough. got
0: it, 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 unbelievable. Yeah, we'll see. I think you're gonna be right. I'm gonna have to stick with Liverpool, but we'll see.
1: I hope Chelsea. I think, and I hope Chelsea win. Chelsea win the league.
0: If Chelsea win, I'll give you a Chelsea jersey. I'll tell you that. I got y'all. All right.
1: All right. right. I guess uh, I guess I guess if Liverpool wins, I owe you a Liverpool jersey then.
0: Okay, we can do that.
1: All right. That sounds good.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Brent, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for telling us just some, you know, interesting stories, giving us that sort of mentality and that perspective. Pleasure as always.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um obviously thanks for having me on. It's always it's always nice talking with you, even back uh, back in the UNC Charlotte days. Yep. When, when we on the on the 91st minute radio.
0: The throwback, the throwback, the, throwback, the flashback yeah, yeah. Friday for you.
1: Yeah, always always happy to come on, and uh, you know, would love to come on again whenever whenever you choose.
0: Thank you, Brant. Um, so you guys can check us out. We're on Foreign Football Forecast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, again, thank you, Brant, and hope you have a great day. It's looking nice and sunny so I hope you guys can go out and you know have a little bit of fun today.
1: Yeah, got some got some touches to get in so uh, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be at the field today.
0: Grind never stops. Grind Appreciate never it, stops. Babe.
1: See you see you man.